0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All right, welcome to the third episode of the Blue Note Podcast, one-stop shop for all things St. Louis Blues, episode number three, the Bob Gasoff episode, a great St. Louis Blue for limited time due to a tragic uh, event, but a very, very tough and good player in his time in St. Louis, episode three of Blue Note Podcast and the Believe Network, as uh, we are ready to rock and roll. State of the series, that's what we get into now, we are through five games, the Blues lead the series uh, three to two. After a couple of brutal games, uh, we covered game three, was it, that we talked about, I believe, in the last episode, episode two. I think we did that Saturday. Game four was Sunday. Big bounce back in game four. Even bigger game in game five on the road. So uh, now the Blues have a chance to shut this thing down and end the series tomorrow, Thursday, May 12th, at home, with a chance to put the series away. Their, Their first chance to put a series away since Game 6 of the Cup Final in 2019. They lost that game, obviously, winning Game 7 in Boston. But then you also had uh, the last time they had a chance to do it at home before that was Game 6 Western Conference Finals against San Jose, and they took it to them. So Blues with a chance to end this thing tomorrow. uh, State of the Series, Mike Meyer, co-host. As I hit my mic on accident there, what do you think?
1: I like it. I like the Blues being able to go back to home ice They looked good here on Sunday. I was very, very happy to be able to see them perform so well against the Wild in a must win game before they headed back to that rambunctious Excel Center here in Minnesota. Um, You know, they're playing really well. Could have been a little bit better here for the first period in game five, but, um, you know, they closed out that game. They made a huge statement, especially a guy like Ryan O'Reilly. They kept trying to draw a lot of penalties out of him. Shen was playing really physical. Um, And just a huge statement game here from them. So head back on home ice. I'm really excited here for it.
0: So before we get into the whole thing that I got going on with a certain Minnesota Wild writer, uh, and there might have to be an explicit tag on this episode. So if there are children listening, you might hear some stuff that you're not going to want to hear. So that's part of this. Um, So the other thing with the recent games, we'll go over this now before we get into the whole thing with uh, myself and the unnamed as of right now Minnesota Wild Rider. Game five, big hit on Kyrie during the first period. Letty nearly sent back to the fourth grade as you wrote on here in a hit attempt. Surely could have been labeled as charging. By the way, how many times am I going to see a Minnesota Wild fan on Twitter bitch about charging? I mean, Jesus. At some point, there, there is a line, but I don't really see very many hits that are crossing that line. It's the playoffs. I don't know how they don't understand this. It is the playoffs. So the fact that we have people whining about hits seems a bit ridiculous to me. Um, I think that the, the problem here is that maybe Minnesota wild fan, and I don't want to talk too much uh, smack before this series is over, but maybe they're just not used to this, you know, maybe they're just not used to playoff hockey.
1: You know, is it something that you start picking out, especially when you're down, you start picking out all the little things. You know, oh, I should have been able to get that call here against me or, oh, this call here should have been made. You know, why didn't this happen? Why didn't that happen? You know, you try to be able to pick out any single thing possible to try and help your team and justify why the team didn't win. So it's easy to be able to see, you know, the Wild fans here to be able to complain because I'm sure, you know, if the shoe were on the other foot, the Blues would be able to easily pinpoint things that happened with the Wild that we can be able to say, oh, that didn't happen. This didn't happen. We didn't get that call and be able to justify why we are now down here three to two. So, um, you know, Letty was, I think, real, real lucky that that hit attempt him, on him in the second period missed. Um, you know, it ultimately dislodged the the glass if you watch the game. And that's something, I mean, it, it could have ended his uh, his game, you know, and probably sent it back out for the rest of the series. So, you know, very, very fortunate he missed that.
0: Yeah, um, for sure. And I just don't understand. Like, I there was somebody in our podcast, Twitter account. by the way, you can follow it at TBNPOD, TBNPod on Twitter, of course. Lots of things going on there. Uh, but I, I did see a Minnesota Wild fan respond to one of our tweets saying that the Blues won because of the refs. And I, I think they were serious, which is like both teams had two power plays in game five. Minnesota scored on both of them. They didn't score anything five on five. And the Blues scored on one of them. And I think that they're just nitpicking uh, charges like they want charge calls on on Shin, which is a perfect transition. Before we get to Tarasenko and Bennington, let's get to Michael Russo, who is just an absolute clown, like the holier than thou of, oh, Shin's been doing this the entire series. He's been hitting guys or or going after guys, dirty plays. I mean, shut up. That is such bullshit that he said that, okay? Number one, Michael, uh, you cover the wild professionally for a pay-to-read website, and you're acting like a fan? Like, it's different. We work for the hockey writers, okay? First of all, it's not a full-time job. Second of all, almost everybody that writes on that website for a team does not cover the team, per se. They write about the team, I guess you could say cover if you want to use that word, but most of them are fans of the team. We don't write that way like we're fans on the website, maybe on Twitter. But the fact that a beat writer, he's a beat writer, is inserting his opinion that much to say that about Shin, when you have goons like Felino and Greenway – doing the same kind of shit, if not worse, like Felino shoving O'Reilly after the whistle into the net in game four was bullshit. Did you see, did you see anything from Russo there? Or they're saying, Oh, Shin's targeting Spurgeon because he's small. First of all, Spurgeon made a dirty ass playing game one. He's lucky he didn't get suspended. So if the blues were to go after him after the whistle, that's playoff hockey. Like it's not anything egregious from what I saw. Number two, have you seen what Felino and the entire Minnesota Wild are doing? They're targeting Ryan O'Reilly after the whistle. They're beating him up. He's still beating their asses by scoring goals. He's got a cup and a consmite. I guarantee you, other than Kaprizov, nobody else in this team is going to win a consmite because they're not winning a cup, let me tell you that. Number two, they're targeting Perunovic after the whistle. That's a small – I mean, Felino is a foot taller than Perunovic. And we're saying that Shins targeting Spurgeon? Shut the hell up. These Minnesota Wild fans are so stupid. I hate to say it. I'm not going to say all of them are stupid, but the ones in Michael Russo, who's a clown, by the way, he's on the shit list. I don't want to associate with this guy. I would consider letting him on my show. If he wants to back himself up or defend himself, that's fine. But I'm not letting that happen unless he really wants to, if he wants to, then that's fine, whatever. But seriously, it's such bullshit that they're making these comments and all these wild fans are agreeing with him, Like, Oh, Shin, such a dirty player. And then oh, one more thing here, this at 10 K underscore takes account on Twitter, which is a garbage Minnesota sports account, Minnesota sports win absolutely nothing. The Vikings suck. The twins suck. The wild suck. The tigers suck. That's that's Detroit. What the hell did I just say that for? Uh, whoops. The um, Minnesota. Wa- Geography. Geography. What the hell, yeah, there it, it's on. a whole thing. <laughs> I got Detroit in the head for some reason, because I was thinking about Barry Tross and Red Wings anyway. OK, which could happen. This account says, what a chirp by Greenway. Oh, what a chirp on Shin when Greenway said, oh, you don't play. Shin plays more minutes than Greenway. Shin scored a goal in game seven of the Stanley Cup final. Shin's a Stanley Cup champion. What the hell has Greenway done? What has he done other than be a big body who just hits guys and targets players after the whistle? If you want to play that game, if you want to play the targeting game, talking about all this bullshit about all the shins targeting guys, we can play that game all effing day. So this is, just, this is such bullshit from Michael Russo, such a cheap shot on Twitter, such a holy now, oh, we're better than everybody else type of bullshit when they just got spanked and bent over in their own building in game five. So I don't know what your thoughts on this obviously it fired me up a little bit, but I mean, what are your thoughts? Do you feel better? I I very much do. (laughs) Last night felt great after winning. Being able to win make those videos last night was great. And doing this as well in the episode, this will make for a good Twitter clip. So I'm excited about that.
1: There you go. There you go. Yeah, I mean, as I've said here all along, this is a series built for a player like Braden Shen. Big, physical, and it's playoff hockey. You're just going to be anticipating to be more physical in something like playoff hockey. It's, it's just to be expected. You know, you're not anticipating some dirty calls. You're not anticipating some dirty hits, you know, and maybe you are. But like you said, that's just playoff hockey. And is it right? Is it fair that they allow a little bit more in playoff hockey? Mm, yes or no. Just depends, I guess, you know. But I'm, I'm not overly upset by it. You know, it, I mean, again, and the shoe could be completely on the other foot. If the Blues were down in this series, if we're just completely getting our tails handed to us, then we may be calling out every little thing here left and right that Minnesota here is potentially doing to us. We were being out hit every single period of that game. And I I didn't care as, as long as we were winning or we, were, we had life. And, and that's exactly what was happening. They kept throwing the body. And I don't care if they keep throwing the body here, as long as we are the ones who are putting the puck in the back of the net.
0: I agree with that. But also, like, if you're going to come after Shin, I feel like my part of my defense has to be, have you seen the bullshit that Felino and Greenway are doing? Like, if we're going to act like those guys are clean, you know, like I like Felino. Like, I listened to him on Spitting Chicklets last year. I like Felino a lot. Seems like a great guy. But he toes the line like he does. And I don't have a problem with that. But if you're going to call out Shin for doing kind of the same stuff, It's BS. And it's ridiculous. And the fact that that's what they're concerned about rather than losing on home ice in game five. And the Blues could very well lose this series. I don't know. But I'm just saying, like, it's just such a cheap shot, especially when you're working with the athletic. Do you think Jeremy Rutherford would make a comment like that? Probably not. I don't think that he would say it in that way. Like, Oh, par for the course for Shin, the series, that's just such a cheap shot bullshit, especially when the players in the wild are doing the same stuff. Like it's playoff hockey. I don't know why everybody's complaining about hits. If there's a hit that crosses the line and somebody gets hit in the head or the, the face. I mean, you want to look at what Boldy did to Letty. I mean, that was pretty close, wasn't it? Uh, but no, Boldy's yeah. a fun little, you know, ice skater who makes tons of fun plays. He's a first round pick. He could never have a dirty hit. I mean, it's just so dumb. The whole thing's a joke. I cannot believe that we have this contested tight series, three to two, Blues, Vladimir Tarasenko, a huge, huge third period. We'll talk about him in a moment. But then we're talking about hits and the refs. And the refs stayed out of the game last night. I thought that was great. especially I appreciated for the, that. Especially for the Blues on the road. They are able to play pretty much a, a stoppage-free third period. So that was yeah. huge. Uh, but unless you have any other comments on this, we can move on.
1: You know, I, just to add to your point here, like about the refs, you know, I hope that they, and I wish that they would have been staying out of the way as much as they have been throughout this entire series, because especially in game one, you know, there are penalties left and right, but that was in game one over every single series to start the playoffs. So if the refs could call the big things, let them play big boy playoff hockey, which this is what this series has been the whole time, let them play the game and let the fans, not let the fans, let the players on the ice dictate what they're going to do. Let them police it. If there's any big thing, obviously call it. Um, You know, there was something early in the first period. There was a tripping call. I think it was on Minnesota. It it, it didn't look, I mean, it was a very, very soft call, you know, and ever since then, they really, really let up as far as, you know, what was being called and what wasn't. And I think that's what was starting to make Minnesota fans here really angry. And if you're gonna just going to call soft calls all game, call them. Call every single one. You know, let them have 10 penalties apiece. But if you're just going to let some stuff go, let them be able to play playoff hockey, then you need to let it go. So that's all I'm going to say here.
0: I would 100% agree on all those points uh, for sure. All right, let's get to the other two things here. Uh, Vladimir Tarasenko with just an enormous third period. I saw a lot of people on Twitter calling him out like, When's Vladdy going to show up? And he showed up. And uh, I mean, the second goal was a rough one for Flurry. I think he's probably got to stop that. That was a pretty. I mean, it was a great shot, good snipe, but that was pretty far out there. I think Flurry would probably want that back. But um, Tarasenko showed up. Yeah, the second one. The uh,
1: that was a laser.
0: It was, but I mean, there wasn't that much traffic, and it was pretty far out. But hey, that's a vintage Tarasenko goal. His shot is still good. So, uh, so thank you to the Seattle Kraken for not taking him. Uh, Thank you. Thank you to teams for not matching Armstrong's uh, price. So I'm glad he's still here. No doubt. Um, I think he, I think there was a tweet I saw last night that saying Tarasenko is kind of becoming like an underappreciated St. Louis sports icon, maybe not icon, but legend. I mean, he won a cup here. He's what he's going to be what top three goal scorer of all time to play here. Uh, he's not going to ever surpass Brett hole. That's just different. It was a different game too. But um, he's going to be up there for that. I'm really happy he was able to win a cup here. I'd like to continue to roll in this in these playoffs with him. But um, just a great game from Vladimir Tarasenko, three goals, natural hat trick in the third period. Uh, so, your thoughts on that? And you have a, a couple other comments here.
1: Tarasenko looked fantastic. You know, and I don't know what was said between the first and second periods, or even the second to the third periods here at this point, Berube lit a fire here underneath of him. And I don't want to be able to make this huge, just Russian connection here between the two, but you know, the wild have had their Russians going the whole time, you know, especially with Kaprizov. He has looked like a man possessed this whole series.
0: Best player in the series. By far. Yeah. The,
1: the Blues just have not gotten much production here out of their Russians. And again, I hate making that that statement here at this point, but you know that just you're going to compare Tarasenko and Kaprizov, you just will, and then even throw Butch here into that mix. And we just haven't gotten a lot of connection here from them. We have not gotten much production out of them. And so I, I love being able to see a guy like Tarasenko just take the game over and put the team on his back and just start lighting up Flurry. You know, when he scored that hat trick goal, um, I don't know if you saw this here on Twitter, um, the Blues Twitter actually just posted two photos that actually seemed to have Huso's hat thrown onto the ice after the third goal. So my question here to you, do you think he keeps that hat? Do you think he's he's aware that Huso threw the hat? And does he keep it?
0: That's a great question. I don't know. I feel like I feel like that hat's probably gone forever. And I guess, I mean, I guess somebody – who who picked like did Tarasenko pick it up or did the wild people pick it up?
1: I that's a great question. I mean, I'm not. I'm sure that Huso is not. You know, searching through you know his couch cushion trying to find yeah. money for another hat here at this point. But um, boy, it would be fantastic if you found out that little nugget that Tarasenko was able to get that hat from Huso and says, "Nope, this is mine."
0: <laughs> There's a chance. There's a chance. Uh, and yeah. before we get to Bennington, real quick here. I mean. You're not getting the goals from Pavel Buchnevich, but he made two incredible plays last night. On yeah, the behind the
1: net one to yep, set up. Yep. I think that was that first goal.
0: Yep, and then he picked the pocket of uh, – I can't remember who that was. Maybe Spurgeon or Dumba picked the pocket of them, passed it to Tarasenko on the empty netter. And then yep. obviously Barbashev, same thing. I mean, you're not getting much of the production, but you're getting – you know, what he does, which is he's a quality two-way player. And uh, he made a nice little drop pass to Tarasenko, knowing that that's probably the best chance to score there. So just give it to Tarasenko, let him do it. And he did it. And uh, yeah, I think that that uh, the two lines that I really like that I think are really going to pop hopefully in game six would be Butchnevich, Barbashev, Tarasenko, the Russian line, getting those guys back together. And I think that Saad, Thomas and Kairou could be really good. Like we saw Kairou, Finally throwing more pucks on net, uh, especially last night he threw one at the net and then sod tips it in. So that was a big time play. And I think Thomas will get it going, but we'll get into those guys uh, soon uh, in the episode as well. Let's go to Bennington now. Uh, he starts game four and game five. The Blues win both. Bennington now the uh, winningest goaltender in playoff history for the Blues now with 18 wins passing uh, Mike Liute. And I can't remember the other name because I wrote this in my article, takeaways article from last night. There's another name there that also had 17. I can't remember it off the top of my head right now, but uh, Biddington. I mean, going into it, he technically had a quote uh, nine-game losing streak in the playoffs.
1: Yes, but it was he had not won since Game Seven.
0: It was really seven. I mean, a couple of those were qualifying round games in the bubble. Like it doesn't really matter. Uh, I guess it maybe mattered, but um, seven real playoff games. If we're going to count the Vancouver thing is real playoffs which i guess we can since it was a seven game series yeah but um i'd say seven game losing streak with an asterisk of nine that's how i'd look at it but he was you talk about making big five on five saves he saved all 35 on five last night mm-hmm. and he saved 30 five on five i believe uh on in game four so really really good like what i'm seeing at him Looks confident. Kaprizov uh, probably would have about eight goals in the last two games if Bennington didn't make some of those big saves he needed to. Um, so, I mean, it's not – I don't I think you could probably make an argument that especially in game four, the Blues in the first two periods were much better defensively in front of Bennington than they were in front of Houston. Now they let They kind of backed into their own zone in the third period, which is exactly what you can't do in a playoff game when you have a lead. They didn't do it in game five, but they did that in game four. Um, But, yeah, Bennington's made the saves that you need him to make, and he's gotten beaten by Kaprizov a few times just because the Blues can't cover Kaprizov, I guess. I don't really think anybody can. But uh, this is – I'm perfectly fine with letting Kaprizov get his as long as it's not like three or four goals a game and then shutting down the rest of their team. I'm perfectly fine with that.
1: Yeah, he's – Just he's a man on fire. I mean, he's playing at a whole different level here at this point above almost every other Minnesota wild player. It's just, it's remarkable to be able to see him play. I, I thought Bennington here looked good during game four, first period of game five, you know, and then kind of towards the end here a little bit too. I was noticing, I mean, he was all over the place, you know, he was sprawled out several feet in front of the net that almost cost him a couple of times um, so, I'd like for him to still play that aggressive style, but man, he's, he's got to be a little bit tighter here, in my opinion. You know, he is 2 and 0 so far here in this series, stopping 58 of um, 62 shots here, allowed 935 safe percentage and an even 2.00 goals against average. So, I think he's looked great. I don't see how you don't go back to him next game. You I don't think that's to. even a question.
0: I think you go back to him for a potential game seven, too, unless he gives up, like, five or six goals and actually, like, bad goals. But uh, I think the bigger question at this point, not on our side, but do they take Flurry out for game six? I don't think that they will, but I don't know.
1: That would be – you're thrusting Cam Talbot into a series.
0: The Blues have great numbers against him, too.
1: Yeah, and they – in a playoff – I mean, if you're looking league-wide – how many teams have already
0: gone to their backup
1: goaltender? I mean, they. they I'm, I'm looking at the Pittsburgh
0: had to. Igor got pulled two games in a row for the Rangers, but yep. Pittsburgh had to go to their pretty much their third guy with Louis Domingue. Um, obviously, Toronto's not going to. Or right, Toronto did pull Campbell in Game Four, but they went back to him, and then obviously Tampa's not going to pull Vasilevsky. But yeah, it's it's definitely. I mean. At least we're not Edmonton, I think would just be my <laughs> comments on that. So.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I've am i got all the faith in the world here in Bennington going into game six. Um, again, just tighten things up here a little bit, keep that swagger going, and I am all systems go.
0: I would agree. I would agree. All right, let's move right along here. Uh, some player evaluation stuff for this next segment on episode number three um so biggest surprise in the last two games games four and five um i mean who do you who who you really you know liked what they've been doing and how they've been performing in the last couple games
1: i think the blues biggest stud muffin and i'm going to continue using that here because i absolutely love it um he was my biggest disappointment here of the season. And now he's getting my praises. It's Captain Ryan O'Reilly. Just watching him over this series, watching him especially in game five, he's making all the little plays and he's even tied in points with four goals and seven points here for the team. I'm I'm watching game five and I'm just I'm laughing at the wild. They're trying to do everything they can to get underneath of his skin. And keep him off the ice, trying to draw a penalty, and he's just not going for it. He's just skating away, just completely ignoring them. And it's it's fantastic watching because again, he's doing all of the little things that they need to do to be able to be successful. And the wild need him off the ice, they're afraid of him on the ice. And Ryan O'Reilly, this is another series that's built for a guy like him and he is thriving in it so my big stud muffin here over the last two games here is ryan o'reilly
0: i like it a lot um i think that you talk about perseverance and adversity and toughness i think o'reilly is a great example of that you just look at i mean buffalo fans can shut the hell up about this guy okay any any buffalo fan who's mad at O'Reilly for what happened there is just, I mean, come on, your team stinks. I'm sorry, but come on. Uh, So, I mean, this guy, they're trying to get under his skin. Like you said, he doesn't care. And let's be honest, other than Colorado, that series last year, I think Ryan O'Reilly has been by far, not even close the best playoff performer in 19, 20 and 22, because he was pretty good against Vancouver as well.
1: Going into the playoffs, I mean, like you just knew this is Ryan O'Reilly's time. This is where he shines. This is where this guy lives and breathes here at this point. I need to actually get his his stats here pulled up just to see what Ryan O'Reilly has done for the Blues here in the playoffs. Let's see here really fast. Ryan O'Reilly for the Blues. Four years, he's played 44 games. 16 goals, 28 assists. For those who are quick with math, that's 44 points in 44 games.
0: Mm -hmm. This man
1: lives and breathes playoff hockey.
0: And by the way, he had five goals in the Stanley Cup final. So seems pretty pretty good, pretty important stats there, plus a Conn Smythe winner. So yes, go ahead, keep trying to get in our skin there, Minnesota Wild players, because you know you're never winning a Cup or a Conn Smythe. Sad to say it, but, you know. Don't come after us and we won't come after you. I think it's kind of the simple thing there. Uh, My surprise stud muffin, whatever you want to call it, Jordan Kairou, just because I I didn't know how well he would adapt his game into the playoffs. I think it took him a minute to get going, but the more aggressive he is with the puck, I think he's so much better. Like that goal he scored in game four was just absurd. I mean, he dangles through his legs, walks Dumba. I mean, made Dumba look like a fool there. And, and, you know, patience, back end, thanks for coming, that type of goal. I mean, it was just – it was ridiculous. And, uh, you know, he throws puck at, he throws the puck at the net. Good things happen. We saw it with the Saad goal last night that, that evened it a 2-2. You know, the Blues needed some puck luck or something to go their way to, to tie the game up. They get that with Saad and Kairou making the play. And, and Kairu, I mean, he's been terrific. And I think if he keeps playing with Thomas and Saad, I think they're only going to get better with that line. I think that's a great line, potential to be a great line, because you look at the speed and the size, and, and Saad knows how to score goals. Robert Thomas knows how to dish the puck, and Kairou can do both. So um, I think Kairu has been great. Uh, let's go to the other end of the spectrum, where it's going to be hard given the last two games and how they've played, but a disappointing player for you.
1: I got to go with, uh, with Matchbox 20, Robbie Thomas. He, like Ryan O'Reilly, I mean, this is really, really tough for me to be able to say. He's doing a lot of little things. You know, he's winning battles. He's winning face-offs. He is, he's dishing the puck out. You know, he's doing a lot of little things that are going to be able to help the Blues become successful. I just want to see him on the score sheet more. Plain and simple. I, he's just He's just not getting on the score sheet here right now. And the Blues need him. You know, they're not getting a lot of production here from a lot of players. And in order to completely close out the series and even look forward here to next series, you're just going to need production. And a guy like Robert Thomas, a guy like Jordan Cairo, you know, and, and just go back here to your – you know, they've just got to get on the board here more frequently. And that's that's just plain and simple.
0: Yeah, it's definitely different in the playoffs. I think they'll adjust. I think Cairo's already starting to adjust. And I think Thomas will be fine as well. Um, but before we get to the keys to closing out the series, let's talk a little bit about the defensive unit, which has been – battered and bruised um obviously tory krug probably done for the series and probably the playoffs if we're being honest if they move on it doesn't look good for him uh scandela came back in game four got hurt again so i would assume he's done for a while but i'm not i'm i'm much more okay with where they're at right now given some of the players that have drawn in and look pretty good uh what if what are your thoughts defensively right now
1: you know On our last podcast, we were singing the defensive woes here of this team. When you had a guy like Callie Rosen listed as almost like the number two defenseman available, I mean what do you say? What do you say here to that? But you look at it now. Man, Rosen, his simplicity and defensive awareness that I'm looking at, you know, he prevented just one play during game five that he just stuck his stick out. I mean, and just caused it just to bounce out. But he just he's standing there paying attention, aware of what's going on, and he makes the right plays. Falk, Pareco, these guys are on another level here right now. Falk is averaging 27 minutes and 17 seconds, Pareco, 26 20 here throughout the playoffs. They are two of the top 10 in ice time in the playoffs here right now. that's that's of the guys who are at least playing, you know, th- three games here right now. There's a guy, I think it was Brian Dumoulin. He played over 30 minutes, 36 minutes or something here, close to that. I don't have the stat here just handy, but um, you know, he's only played here the one game. But this this defensive depth here right now, I don't know if it's Mike Van Ryan. I don't know who is really behind all of this here right now. But I love the simplicity and the deployment here. Of these defensive pairings and what these guys are doing, to be able to step up.
0: Yeah, I think Rosen's definitely settled in. He's a good skater. That's the thing with him, uh, and making those simple plays will definitely help him continue that. I think Perunovic has been really good. Made yes. a couple couple plays you don't like pinching, but he'll learn. And he's been really good at moving the puck and making the simple plays as well. Perunovic is going to be a guy, no doubt about it. Uh, getting Bortuzzo back's big for the penalty kill. It didn't show up in that game. Last night, but it, it'll be big moving forward. Letty obviously is definitely going to help Pareco be better, no doubt about it. Uh, Falk's heavy minutes have been big time, and Pareko was elite in game four. Not as good last night, got better in the third period. I think everybody did, but a couple rough plays. Like he should have cleared the puck on the second Caprizov goal, and he was in a bad spot anyway. Uh, so that's not great. But other than that, he's playing heavy minutes. He's logging heavy minutes. If you can get a good game six from him, you feel good about that. Uh, but defensively, I just think it's about making the simple plays. Like you said with Rose, I think everybody's got to do that. It's just keeping to the outside. That's kind of the idea here. You don't want Kaprizov or Zuccarello or any of those uh, slick skaters to be able to really get into the into the slot or, you know, in between the circles or, or you know, moving the puck inside. So that's the idea there, keeping them to the outside. The Blues did a great job of that in the third period. So – uh, with that being said, let's go to the keys to closing out the series. Mike, what do you have there? How do the Blues get this done in six? But if they have to go to a game seven, what do they need to do?
1: We've been preaching on it here, just even through the defense, but it's going to be the entire team. It's just keep it simple. Keep it simple. You need to tighten up your power play here right now. You know the the power play is looking good here at about thirty percent success rate it's it's certainly doing a little bit better here than what minnesota's is but you know there was a play i believe during the second period where they they couldn't even get into the zone they couldn't get anything set up they were i think allowed more shots on goal during that power play attempt than what they actually were able to provide here of their own um they they just need to keep it simple we have seen this blues team get inside their own heads and have huge defensive lapses and at times almost seem like that they're afraid to succeed here during this series. But if they keep making just the simple plays, just go out there, have a good shift, try and get some shots here on net. Don't do anything here. Extra pretty. Don't try to, you know, do too many passes, which is what I think Jordan Kyro tries to do. Sometimes, you know, he got caught here, this last game, just skating down ice. He got really, really stagnant. I mean, it's, it's like he was, you know, a, a player here in NHL 22, you know, and the c- controller just disconnected. He just stopped skating and then he got his pocket picked and he lucked out that it didn't go in the back of the net. But if they just keep it simple, the, the this Blues team, I firmly believe can play 60 minutes and out will and win against the Minnesota wild here in game six.
0: I would agree with all that. I think uh, a little bit better coverage throughout the entire game. Five on five would be good keep that going and the penalty kill obviously got to be a little bit better uh, capitalize on rebounds. If flurries in that, there's going to be a lot of rebounds always, even though we could see Talbot in game six, I believe as we're, uh, as we're recording this, our guy, uh, Michael Russo did tweet There could be lineup changes for the wild or there will be, but no, no uh, idea if there's going to be a different goaltender. And when I say our guy, Michael Russo, uh, you know what I mean? Um, and just be aggressive. The blue got to be aggressive in all three periods. And they got to cover Kaprizov in some way, put a body on him, whatever you can do. I know he's hard to hit, but at some point, you know, you got to put a body on him. And I'm not instigating or saying you got to hit him in the head or something. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying you got to put a body on him. You got to cover him better. So, if they can do that and score the first goal, or or I think scoring the first goal is absolutely key in this series. The Blues be nice to get an early one. uh, Game six, get the crowd into it. But uh, we will see what happens. Um, so, you think they? Do you think they win Game Six?
1: I think they win Game Six. I think you know all the momentum's going their way here right now. The Blues—they have every single reason that they can win this game here right now. If the Wild here make some some changes, which I don't see how you don't. If you if you go into Game Six, and you don't make any sort of line changes here at all. I don't know how you justify to your fan base. We lost the series and we still continue to go out there with the team and the lineups that we failed with. We, we lost two games in a row and then lost three games in a row. How, how do you justify that to your fan base?
0: Yeah. I,
1: I'd, I'd be furious.
0: I would agree. And we'll see what they do. Uh, that will do it for us though. Episode four will be coming your way at a later date, I suppose, probably um, around – if there's a game seven, then right after the game seven, I guess would probably be ideal if we can get that done, or even before it. I don't know. We'll see. But uh, that'll do it for us, the Blue Podcast and the Believe Network episode number three. You can follow my Twitter at Ethan Carter SW. You can follow the podcast Twitter at uh, TB In Pod and Mike, your Twitter
1: at Danger Powers nineteen.
0: All right, that'll do it for us, everybody. We will see you for episode number four.